Marie Curie once said, life is not easy for any of us, but what of that? We must have perseverance and above all, confidence in ourselves. We must believe that we are gifted for something and that this thing, at whatever cost, must be attained. Hi, my name is Lisa Cabrera and welcome back to E is for Entrepreneur, a podcast where my interest in entrepreneurship allows me to highlight the people behind the business, the entrepreneurs themselves. I give them a voice and we dig into the person or people behind the business. And today I'm excited to share Shani Amara's story about her journey as an entrepreneur. Shani is the powerhouse behind Shani Amara, a brand and business that provides fashionable, eye-catching, and expressive accessories for everyone to complete their look. She carefully curates her collections to share with her customers. She is a dog mom of two huskies, has a contagious smile, and I can vouch for that, and comes from a family of creatives. Today, we'll be talking about the woman behind the business and her inspirations, hardships, and successes. I'm so excited to have her here today. So welcome to the E is for Entrepreneur podcast. How are you? Hi, good. I'm so excited to be here. I'm like, oh my God, I'm being interviewed. So it's kind of a weird thing, but I'm so excited. So thank you so much. It's an honor to be on here with you. Well, thank you for agreeing to be on. I um, I definitely have had a few not in Charlotte, but for my first season, I have absolutely loved just showcasing our local entrepreneurs and some that I obviously know um, and have met like you and some that I haven't. And for me, it's like our small business and local entrepreneur group here in Charlotte is just so interesting. Like, and you guys all basically know each other. And I think that is so cool. So I love this community. I'm happy you you came on. (laughs) Oh yeah. It's such a good group. Like, I feel like we do all know each other probably thanks to Jordan from Esther and Elsa doing like front porch Sundays. And then the girl tribe girls, like you just meet like so many small business owners at local pop-ups and markets. So like, I'm so thankful to be part of such a good community and Charlotte really shows up and shows out for their local businesses. I will say that. It's been crazy. I definitely want to take some time to even talk about that with COVID as we've seen how you've had to adjust online. But I want to take a minute in the beginning of this podcast and kind of um, give the floor to you to to do your like elevator pitch for our listeners and let them know what your brand and business is all about. Yeah. Um, so I have always wanted to own my own business. I think, I think I, I don't remember what episode you said this in. I'm like, obviously an avid fan. Um, <laughs> but you oh. said something about like, you feel like you're just born to be an entrepreneur. And I feel like that's so true because ever since, so like backing it up, when I graduated high school, I was going to go to Greensboro for um, graphic design and minor in photography. So I have a huge love for photography. Um, and that's kind of like where I was going with that. But I wanted a minor major in graphic design because I felt like that was more of where the money was. And then use the photography as like the backup. So but then I started modeling my like junior year of high school. And I actually like got into that pretty heavily and ended up moving to LA instead of going to college. Um, so I did that and I, except I wanted a model, but I was only five, seven and they wanted you to, even for commercial, they wanted you to be like really tall. And so my agency was like, you should be an actor, blah, blah, blah. So moved out to LA, realized I hated it. 
I loved it to visit, but I did not want to live there. So then I came home and I was like, what do I love about modeling? Like, what is it? It is the clothes and the jewelry and getting my hair and makeup done. Like that was the whole vibe that I loved. So I was Mm. like, I want to like build a brand of things that I love. And at the time it was all about owning my own boutique. I wanted to have my own like brick and mortar store. I had like visions of like what it would look like. So that was my path from the time I was like 19 when I moved back to Charlotte from LA. I was like, okay, how do I do this? I've never worked in retail. I need to start and I need to get experience. So my first ever retail job was actually the store in South Park called Pure Denim, which is like still there, shockingly. Um, (laughs) It's like definitely like Jersey Shore style. It's crazy that it survives in South Park Mall, but I digress. Yeah, I digress. (laughs) I will move on from that quickly. Um, So then I left there because it was just not the right fit. And I started working. I actually like the manager there, she was like, you would be such a good fit for Nordstrom. So I was like, okay, I feel like I could really learn a lot there. Well, Nordstrom's like very selective about their salespeople. They want you to have a good sales background. But that was the year that they opened Nordstrom Rack. And I, this was the best experience. I got to build the Nordstrom Rack that's in Charlotte, like from the ground up, like no, not the physical building, but like the store was empty. Do you go there? Do you know what that is? Yeah. Yeah. So like you ended up helping what build the teams, like the, like getting the inventory in. What did that look like? Yeah. So I was just, I was on the women's team. Like I remember going to like open interviews and they were like trying to hire this whole team and they already had managers. Nordstrom usually promotes from within. So they had like other managers from other stores come to the rack to be the different managers of the departments that were at the rack. So it was just such a cool experience getting to do that and like bringing in all the inventory and setting up the floor. Um, It was just really, really cool. And I was there for like a couple years. And then I decided that I I was like ready to move to what they call the full line store, which means it's like full price. So that's like actual Nordstrom, like in South Park. Mm -hmm. So I went over there. Sorry, this is like a really long story, but this is how I got to where I am. So I know I, I love it. It's your <laughs> origin story. Yeah, it's like how I, you know, started my brand. So, you know, having experience seeing all the different brands come through. I mean, you could get some like really cool designer pieces at the rack for like a really good price, which I'm all about like thrifting and bargain hunting and getting like a good find. Um so sorry if you can hear the little scratching. Um, I actually have three huskies, so two are in here with me now. What? Yeah, I have three huskies. Um, so I have mine two are Baron Cub and my boyfriend's. We live together. His is Jax. So okay, I have three so, husky babies. Yeah. I was like, man, I got that wrong, no, and now I just no, feel no, a little no. bit better at least. I'm like, uh, I. You, Yes, I, yeah, I have, but I have three husky children. So I'm definitely like, you know, like, what is the um, mother of dragons? Like, I'm mother of wolves, mother of huskies. (laughs) Mother of huskies. (laughs) Yeah, mother of huskies. Um, Anyways, so he's like chewing on a bone. So hopefully that's not too loud. But anyways, back to my, back to the rack and then moving to full line. It was really cool to like experience all those brands and like seeing like just, you're just surrounded by fashion and I loved it. Um, so then 
to go over to Full Line, there was an opening in the cosmetics department in fragrance. So I was like, oh, that's cool. That's like a good like starter position. So I go, you know, for me being really new. So I went mm-hmm. over there and then I heard about their program, FNL, which is Future Nordstrom Leaders. So they train you to become managers. So I was like, okay, this is perfect. I will do FNL. I'll work my way up. I'll become an assistant manager. Then I'll manage my own department. Then I'll find a boutique. Like I had the whole thing planned out. I was like, I'll manage a department. Then I'll have that experience and I'll look at local boutiques and manage a local boutique. And then I'll gain all the experience and I can open my own store. So I did almost all of that, except I skipped the manager part. So I did the future Nordstrom leaders thing, became an assistant manager of what was then Brass Plum BP um, which if you're like an oldie Nordstrom person, you probably know what that is, but it's like almost like the trendy, like junior side of Nordstrom. Nordstrom. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then when I was ready to become a manager, a lot of changes were happening. It was when online was really starting to like, like everything was online. Like you could access any piece from like the entire Nordstrom world online where like, as in, if you come into the Charlotte store, you're not going to see as much. Right. So that kind of like took a hit. So they were like moving, basically combining departments, making the departments bigger so that it was harder for like assistant managers. There was no like step up, like smaller department where you could handle it just coming from being an assistant manager. So Mm -hmm. with all the changes happening, I just started like putting some feelers out. Um, I'm actually, my mom used to work at Elizabeth House Flowers and the owner of that was best friends with Kathy Allen. This is like a bunch of names, but basically the girl Kendrick, who's one of my closest, dearest friends, she owns KK Bloom Boutique in Charlotte. And so I reached out to her. I, that was actually one of my favorite things was I went with my mom's then boss, Cecil, he took me when I moved back from LA, I actually worked at Elizabeth house for like just a little bit to try to get my feedback on the ground and like figure out what I wanted to do. Um, so he brought me over to Kendrick's and I was like, this is the greatest thing ever. Her store is beautiful. I don't know if you're from, have you ever been to KK Bloom? I have heard of it. Yeah. You have. Okay. So, so cute, like beautiful. The aesthetic is very much so thought through. Yes. Yes. And I just love her. Like I always used to be like, oh my God, Kendrick's so beautiful and vivacious and bubbly. And I just like wanted to be her. Like she was like, my. (laughs) I just loved the whole thing. So that's kind of what kicked, kickstarted my ambition to own my own boutique because I just like wanted to have that. So when I left Nordstrom, I like reached out to her. She wasn't looking for anybody, but Monkeys was, um, which is like Monkeys of Charlotte. It's a small franchise, but it's still there. It's like right next to KK Bloom. So she told the owner of that store that I was looking. So then that's, I interviewed for that and I became the manager of Monkeys for a few years. And honestly, that was such a great experience, but it taught me that I did not want to own my own boutique. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So yeah, sorry. Cut me off if I'm talking like way too much. No, you're good. <laughs> this is this is the point. I'm okay, not... this is the point. Okay. This is the point. So um, so yeah, I loved working at Monkeys. Terry, the owner, so awesome. Like we had such a good time. I learned so much from her. I got to go on buying trips with her to New York. Like 
DVF showroom. I saw the like the designer of Alice and Olivia like in her showroom, like working on a dress, and I about died. Like oh just like, yeah, just really cool experiences of just everything it was so much fun. I felt like you know when we were buying for the store, you feel like um, the boss in the Devil Wears Prada. What's her name? Miranda. Like, Miranda Priestley. And yes. You like pierce your lips and you're just like, Mm-mm. and you like move on to the next thing. <laughs> like you legit feel like that is actually is kind of fun. But um, so yeah, I learned so much and I realized like, okay, the dedication and the trust, because I would hire people and like, you know, just trust that you can work there to work at your store and like trust them with everything. It's hard. There was like a lot that I learned that I was like, okay, I still want to have my own brand, but I don't want to own like a brick and mortar store. Right. I don't want that responsibility. It's so much like, even when you rent a space, if your air conditioning goes out, you have to pay for that. It's not like, it's very interesting. So that's like just, just small little things that I was like, okay, I'm learning this. I'm learning this. Um, yeah, stuff you wouldn't have known if you didn't get to experience it. Right. And it was the best experience and I I loved it, but it was just time for me to go. And um, so I actually went back to Nordstrom for a little bit because Nordstrom's such a good company. Like if you leave on good terms, like I feel like it's a place you can always go back to. Um, so it's nice to have that. Like they will just, if you're like a great salesperson and you know, you left on good terms, they'll take you back. So it's, I left and I went there for a little bit to try to figure out like, okay, what's my next move? Um, but I got into jewelry and I used to hand make all my pieces. Um, my grandmother actually taught me how to make jewelry. Um, and my aunt makes jewelry as well. So their stuff is a little bit completely different style. They used a lot of like, but like real stone, like chunky, like corals and turquoises and like really cool pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my style was always a little more trendy and edgy, and I was having a hard time. Like, I think I actually went, so I ended up working for KK Bloom after I left Norch or after I left Monkeys and I worked at Nordstrom a little bit. I actually um, went to work at KK Bloom as an e commerce manager. So I helped do their online. So I learned so much from doing that too. And at the same time, I was doing my jewelry line on the side because most entrepreneurs know that you have like a full-time job while you're like growing your small business. Right. Always. (laughs) Yeah. I mean. Humble beginnings. A lot of people can relate to it. Yeah. Yeah. You have to because like you're not just like most small businesses, I think like don't make profit for like the first three to five years or something. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, you just have to like, love, love it. Like if you're an entrepreneur, you love what you do. You like eat, sleep and breathe what you do. Mm -hmm. Um, because you have to dedicate so much time to it. Um, but you love it. So it doesn't feel like that, you know? So I don't know what I was saying besides a lot. (laughs) You did e-commerce. I know. Well, it's a, it's a, you're telling us our whole your whole story so right that's, I, I get it but that's, it's yeah. um you went to e-commerce and so when you started thinking about opening up your business what year was that 
Okay. So, okay. So at the same time, it was about like 2015, I would say that I was like making jewelry, just playing around with it. And then in 2000, yeah, 16 is when I like really wanted to have a brand. And at the time it was La Lune Jewelry, which is French for the moon. My mom's side of the family's French. Um, La Lune means the moon in French. I don't know if I just said that. I think I did. Um, so I have this thing with my mom. We love the moon. We used to live in like a low cul-de-sac. So it was like our house was like down low and it was like oh, the moon was always blocked by trees. So we would like get in the car and drive just to see like full moons. So oh, I have wow. a tattoo on my wrist. It uh, says Trouve la Lune, which means find the moon. So it's like a thing with my mom that no matter like where we are, if we're together or apart, like you can always find the moon and like you're looking at the same moon. So that's why it was so important to me. And I named my business that because that is like a huge thing, like advice for anyone like wanting to start a business, do not name it something that's like fleeting. Like, you know, basically if you're gonna, it's like a forever thing. You don't want to like hate your name in like a year, you know? Right. Don't, oh, like don't, name your business something trendy in the moment it really should right feel like fuel a purpose and and have a purpose right and like a little story behind it and like what it means to you so why I changed it it was because when I was ready to like have a website um I wanted it to be like simplified like I wanted it to just be lalunejewelry.com or lalun.com LaLoonJewelry.com was taken and LaLoon.com was a furniture store. So I was like, okay. okay. Yeah, I was like a furniture <laughs> Strike it out. Right. I was like, okay, this is not going to work. So I made a brand, I made a brand name change, which I think you could definitely do early on. Um, pretty much everything stayed. Well, I switched. I think, oh, this is what I was going to say. The first time I went to market with Kendrick, the owner of KK Bloom, and we bought jewelry and they also had like jewelry. So they have like wholesale jewelry places where you go and you like buy like where I curate my collections, but then they also have like bead, bead stores. So that's where I used to go was like to the bead places and get pendants and beads and findings and all that. But then when I went to like the wholesale places that had all this jewelry already made, I fell in love with so many pieces and I have such an eclectic style, which is why I decided to like, it was like a slow transition at first. Um, It was like 25% curated and the rest handmade. And then it was like 50, 50 and then 50, 25, you know, it started now I'm like a hundred percent. curated collection because I just love way too much to hand make it all like my like I have I love too many different styles basically um Mm -hmm. so yeah um that's kind of when I like switched over but um yeah after realizing my website couldn't have La Loon I switched I was like you know my name's super unique I used to hate it as a child people would call me Shani like it was just very unique and I hated it for so long. You wanted to have, I wanted to have like be like everybody else. And I think mm. my mom was probably like, you'll thank me one day. And now the day's come. Mom, <laughs> thanks for giving <laughs> me a unique name because it's like, I was so easy. It was so easy for me to get shawneemara.com, shawneemara Instagram. Like it was so easy because no one like, it's a pretty unique name. So really no one, unique yeah. name. So yeah, that's and what year was that? Um, so I established Shawnee Amara LLC in 2018. So I changed from La Luna in 2017 to Shawnee Amara in 2018. 
Okay. So you've been, I mean, you've been operating for a good two years now with kind of this new sense of purpose and mission with your new brand name. I mean, what, how was that transition from hand making a lot of your stuff to starting to curate? So I know you mentioned you have a lot of retail background and you definitely have been kind of ear to the ground on on um, a lot of the places to buy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but what was that experience like for you to like curate your first collection? What did that look like? So it was really interesting. I'm always like very clear to my customers because when people do hand make their pieces, it takes, it's an art and it takes a lot of time and patience and creativity behind that. So when someone says, to me like, oh, I love like your stuff. I can't believe you make all this. I'm very clear to correct like, oh, thank you so much. I just love so much of it. Um, I have very eclectic style. I curate all my pieces. Um, You know, I wish I had the time to hand make everything, but you know, I'm very clear about it because to me, it was very important to not feel like a fraud basically you know like I, mm-hmm. I'm very straightforward about like no I do not make my stuff anymore um and two like a huge thing for me is that when I was hand making stuff my price point had to be so much higher um which I wanted to have like more of an attainable price point for my customers I didn't want every single piece to be like sixty dollars Right. When it was something that was easier to like for masses, right? Everybody has a different price point that they could pay. So it opened up your, your customer base as well. Right. Right. Like it was one of those things where I was like, at the, you know, I'm like, do, do I have the money to like, would I buy this? And I was like, would my friends buy this? And the answer was no. Mm. And like, sometimes you're not your customer, you know, you're not your customer. But for me, I'm very much my brand and my customer. And sometimes you're not, but in my case, like I am. So it's easier to stay true to that, I guess. And it was just really important to me to have like, uh, like always on trend, like fashionable, edgy, fun pieces, but at an attainable price. So how do you decide or what inspires your collections that you curate? So I'm actually launching a collection on Friday um, and this kind of like plays back into pivoting with COVID, um, but I will touch back on that later. But I wanted to do like retail is very funny. I'm sure people will notice as a, as a customer, you notice like you go into a store and you see sweaters in August because that's how retail is. It's very mm-hmm. like okay, summer's done and here's fall. And it's like, well, wait, it's still like a hundred degrees outside. Oh my gosh. When I worked for Target, that was like the epitome. Like I would always hear people complaining about like Halloween stuff being, basically it's about to come out now in August because that's how retail works. And then same with like Christmas, like it's always ahead of the curve though, because by the, like the thick of the season or the thick of the holiday, like that's not when people are buying their stuff. Right. So it's spot on. Totally yeah. understand. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. And it's almost like, 
you know it if you're like unboxing sweaters. Like I remember being at KK Bloom like a few years ago when I worked there and like unboxing boxes of sweaters, like millions of sweaters. And we're just like dying and you're like steaming it and you're just like, it's so hot, but that's how retail is. So it's kind of crazy. But I wanted to do one last like big summer collection. Um, So this collection is inspired by like the summer storms we have there's like lightning bolts and really bright colors like just I think like the sky's so blue the sun's so bright like you know like rainbow umbrellas at the beach like I was just like super inspired by those things for this collection so I'm kind of doing like one last summer hurrah collection for this Friday so I'm super excited about that um so the 7th okay August 7th nice yes yeah and so how do you shop for those collections then? Because you do have like a certain amount that you have of everything. I mean, what do you decide to buy more of and hold back off of uh, so, buying maybe multiples on? What yeah. does that thought process look like? So it's actually really funny. I um, just hired a business coach, um, I think three, four weeks ago now, which is crazy. Time flies time flies. Um, but that was one thing that I knew as like, okay, as a child, I, when I was on like a soccer team, which LOL, because I'm not athletic at all. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I can dance, but I always wanted to be on a team because of my friends. My friends were on a team. You're a part of something, but I swear I'd always be like, let me sprain my ankle and hang out on the bench and eat these orange slices um (laughs) but I would priorities yeah priorities I would legitimately hate when my coach would be like run run keep running and I wanted to be like f you you run like (laughs) don't tell me what to do and I think that's just like comes from like entrepreneurial whatever and so it's funny I just told my business coach I was like this is hilarious but I like hate when people tell me what to do but I'm like Heather tell me what I need to do. <laughs> yeah. So it's like sometimes you very, need that person. You do and like it's like I know all these things that I have to do but I have to like she has been such an amazing help. I highly recommend getting a business coach or a mentor like she's both to me and we're just and finding one that's like a really good fit for you. I feel like I'm so thankful that I found her and it was just like a really good match. And like, she's helped me so much already. And it's just been like a few weeks and we have like our weekly phone calls on Tuesdays. Um, so it just definitely like holds me accountable. And like, we, I have like more strategic plans because when you're your own boss, like it's very easy to not have a schedule. And especially during this pandemic, it's like, you can just like flail around. So I definitely needed someone to keep me on track. So I'm like, I hate when people tell me what to do, but this is fine. I'm going to hire you to tell me what to do. So really I'm still in control. (laughs) (laughs) I still have, I still have kept a semblance of control here. Right. I think that's the issue. Deep rooted issues here. I'm a control freak. (laughs) Okay. I think a lot of entrepreneurs can, can relate to that though, especially when you you own your own business, right? So all of your decisions, your successes, your failures tend to fall on your shoulders. So that, I mean, it's really hard to let go of control in in times like that. I mean, you even mentioned when you were hiring for the store, 
you know, I can relate to that. It's, and I've had this conversation with entrepreneurs before you have to trust wholeheartedly in, in yourself that you've done enough to like trust that person. Right. Right. And all it takes is sometimes a, a couple of people just maybe even disappointing you, even if you didn't like hire them, but like in some sort of a sense, maybe like just not, hitting a goal or, or disappointing you or not coming through or showing up, right? It it can be really damaging, especially when you're like bootstrapping it and you're doing it yourself. And it's like the one time you maybe have let go. Sometimes that can be a really scary feeling for entrepreneurs when all they know is doing it all yourself doing it all yep yeah exactly how we all start like I do everything myself right now and I just hired a business coach so it's like they're not she's not like she's just guiding me which is so what I need but I'm still not at the point like I went it'll be three years in October that I've been full-time with my business so I don't have like any other like this is what I do right um you eat sleep breathe it yeah 24 7 yeah So it is hard when, you know, you're the mail person, you're the packer, Mm -hmm. you know, packaging orders, you do all the e-commerce, you take all the pictures, you're the model, like, you know, it's just like everything. So um, what keeps you motivated and inspired when you, I mean, it's a long laundry list that you just kind of rattled off. Um, I just love it. I don't know. I love having something that's my own. I love that my name's on it. I love that it's like, it's almost like when you get dressed every day and you can express who you are with what you wear, which is why I love fashion so much. My brand is just an expression of who I am. And I get to like help women feel their best by looking their best, which I'm like a huge, like that is such a big deal for me. Mm -hmm. And in a way that's what, like I, I will always like miss working with clothes a little bit because there's nothing like, getting someone dressed for like their first date or their rehearsal dinner or, you know, their bachelorette party with their girlfriends or just like a wine night. Like it could be anything, but just to help women like look and feel their best. And I still get to do that though with jewelry, because when you look at a piece of jewelry and you're like, Oh my God, I love that. It like speaks to you, calls your name. And when you put it on, it's like the icing on the cake, the like finalized look of the outfit and it just makes you feel complete and put together and it can seriously like change the way you feel about yourself on the inside like that quote I'm nicer when I like my outfit is 100% true maybe you're not nicer like hopefully everyone's just nice all the time we know that's not true but like basically I'm more confident when I like my outfit yeah you're happier you are you're happier like you're feeling yourself right it shouldn't be that way in like a cocky way but in like a self self self-confidence is so important and I love helping women find that so that's always what inspires me honestly so how do you keep your confidence like in times where maybe something didn't go as planned or something that you thought would be really well received wasn't so I just like shake it off and I'm like you know you like oh you thought that was cute and it's not or like maybe that's too funky you just kind of like learn from it and then just move on and like oh maybe that like or like if you do a certain pop-up and you're like this doesn't go as like as well then like figure out like who was there maybe that's not your clientele as long as you know who your customer is and like you're doing the right things 
you just kind of, you're not going to get everything right all the time. So you just kind of like take, you know, take the mistakes and learn from them and grow. Cause that's all you can do. There's no point in like wallowing in it and making it like hinder the future. You just like see what went wrong and then learn from it and move on. You seem to be really self-reflective and, and I think that's a really important attribute for an entrepreneur, but I also know that it, it can take some time for entrepreneurs to even get to the level in which you're speaking, just because they're so critical of themselves. I mean, have you, do you feel like you've always kind of been like a, all right, dust yourself off? Um, and if so, you know, where do you think that's, that mentality has come from? Or if you haven't always been like that, I mean, what's helped you get there? So honestly, like, I kind of feel like modeling in a way, it was almost like you're never good enough when you model. Um, I was like a size two. I will never forget this. I was just talking to my best friend about this the other day. Um, I will never, I was, because I just started this new workout program with my friends. And again, it goes back to like, no one tell me what to do, but my friend Allie um, is doing like body on demand beach body thing. She's like excited about being a coach. And I was like, well, I need a workout plan. Like I will join under you. And I was like, see, I just need you to tell me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's like such an issue, but um, no, I think I'm like, obviously I mean I'm 29 I'm bigger than I was when I was modeling at age 18 metabolism slows you know all the things but I'm still like I just want to work out to tone and be stronger and like be a healthier me but modeling like it can damage you for sure like luckily I never let it get to that point I just stopped but I remember like being in Nordstrom I was like the Clinique counter manager And I had like my little Clinique lab coat on and taking a call from my um, agency. And they were like, yeah, we got your digitals in. And um, I thought we talked about you losing five pounds. And like, like I was a size two. Like I have a curvier body. So like being a size two, I was like, I'm not gonna not eat for you. I'll work out and be healthy for me, but I'm not gonna starve for you. So I think like, that um, and modeling for so many years I think it like definitely played a role in my confidence level as far as like they can like wear you down um and feeling like you're not good enough so then I just took that as like you know what no I am good enough and like I just decided from then on and it's something I've always worked on is to be unapologetically myself And that's something like I would strive to help my customers to be. And like, that's what I want to help women do is like, you just have to have self-confidence and it's easier said than done, but it's like, you know, it's a daily practice. It's just like, you know, shaking yourself off and being like, you know what, you might not think I'm good enough, but I'm good enough for myself. And like, that's what it's important. It's like, I always like talk to my higher self. If that makes sense. Yeah. So. And practice makes perfect or per- perfect. And even yeah. then it's not always perfect, but I think that's a really good lesson. Anyways, it, it doesn't happen overnight. And even in that one instant where you're like, no, I need to be happy with myself and, and be good with where I am. It's still practice, right? Oh, for sure. And sometimes you just think like, <laughs> I'll talk to Allie from Leaning and Pop about this. I'll be like, oh my God 
wait, is everything ugly or do I just not know how to buy anymore? Like we just like freak out sometimes and we're like, what are we doing? (laughs) But yeah. Oh yeah. But self-doubt can come in like a freaking crashing wave, but you just got to be like, nope. Like I know what I'm doing. I'm successful. Like I've done this for so many years. Like people love my stuff. Just something right now isn't working and you just like learn and grow and move on. And it's a practice and it takes it every day, takes doing it every day, but it's yeah. worth it. So I think this is actually a really good segue to kind of get into this whole pandemic and yes. how you had to kind of relook at stock and the way that you run your business and um, how, right, how you buy and what yeah. you buy. Um, so right. Everything gets shut down basically in March, just about, um, yeah. and we'll get to Charlotte collective cause you are a part of Charlotte collective. So I know mm-hmm. you have a, you know, brick and mortar space, but, um, you know, you have your website already set up the store technically closes. Um, I believe you were supposed to do a girl tribe pop-up right yes two yeah Yeah. so you had two pop-ups to do and you had I'm sure a plethora of of inventory what was your first reaction so at first when the store closed we were well at first when it was like still the pandemic was still overseas it hadn't hit like well I think it started in Seattle I want to say or I don't remember but it started on the west coast it was luckily I got one pop in under my belt for the, for 2020 I got to do, and it was a great one. Um, it was for international women's day. Um, so it was super fun to celebrate that on March 8th. Um, but then right after that, it was like a week later and everything was like, Nope, we got to close. We got to shut down. Everything's canceled. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's crazy to have it be August and like we're still in this situation because I remember thinking like oh like Girl Tribe is still far enough away like they won't they won't cancel that no they had to you know what I mean like we're still not able to have events more than 10 people so I was supposed to do Girl Tribe Charlotte Girl Tribe Nashville Um, and I do a lot of front porch Sundays, Neville's alley night markets. Like I, if it's a pop-up in Charlotte, I'm going to try to be at it because I love it. I love meeting my customers face to face. Um, I'm able to understand why they love something, what they're buying it for. It just like helps me get a better understanding. So that honestly in-person events was where I made the majority of my money. Um, it was the majority of my sales was at pop-up markets. I would have one at least like three times a month. I would say some months are a little slower, like January, February, it's too cold outside. So you're not really doing that. Like, but like market season is like March. I mean, even through December because of holiday markets and stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, with everything still being canceled and the store closing. So at first we were like, okay. So me and Allie from Leaning and Pop, we had just gone to Atlanta together to go to market and buy. And we, I was actually just texting her about this. I'm like, sad face. Like, I just want to be like, we get so excited when we go to these places 
and we buy for our customers. And then we like were in our Airbnb. This was just in January that we were doing this. It seems like years ago, but so we like rented this cute little Airbnb. We go to market together and then like we come back and we like spread out everything all over the floor. And we're like, Oh, look at this. Ooh, look at this. It's like, (laughs) when you're kids and you dump out your Halloween candy and you like trade candy. I don't know if you did that when you were yes. little, but that was like, yeah. Okay. That Absolutely. Was, like, <laughs> I mean, we wouldn't trade obviously, but we would just, it was like show and tell and it was so much fun. And um, so we did a major buy. Like we both like went in because we had, we were both doing Nashville and Charlotte girl tribes. We had the store to buy for, and there's just a lot of different avenues to buy for. Um, which I was thankful for. Like I had wholesale accounts I was buying for, which means like they buy wholesale from me and then they sell it at a retail price. So I had, I was selling to boutiques. I sold at the Ivies. I sold at Scout and Molly's of South Park. Like I had, and I still, right now it's just like stopped because everything is still closed. Yeah. I I mean, they're open, but everything is so much slower. Like people still aren't really going anywhere. So like, they're not as eager to buy Dorian clothes and whatever. Like Mm -hmm. people are like, it's not completely awful, but I mean, it definitely like shook the retail and every other world, you know, it just was like a ripple effect. Um, so when the store closed, so yeah, we went in on inventory. We had, we were stacked. We were ready to go for spring. We had all this beautiful stuff. And then the store closed, pop-ups were canceled. And we were like, oh my gosh, what do we do with all of this? So my goal for 2020, like I always do goals. I always have like, like my word for 2020 and it probably will be for the rest of my life is I was like pick a word and like hone in on it, but it's like unapologetic be unapologetically yourself. Like that was my word. Then I also have goals, not even resolutions, just goals. Like this is my goal for this year. Well, my mm-hmm. goal is to work on my online store anyway, but COVID just pushed me into that and was like, you have no other option. You, know? <laughs> you have to work on Now's that. the time. Get to it. Exactly. So my thing with selling online is that normally you kind of had asked me about this, like when we were discussing my collection that's launching, um, I usually do like no more, like it's usually one of each style or two max three. That's usually, and it's so PC, the stuff that I get a lot of, because what I like is like, um, it's like attainably exclusive. So like not everyone is going to have the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when you pivot, and which I had to do for online, like when you pivot to online, it's not like feasible to take product pictures, do a description, take measurements and all that for one piece rather right. than like having multiple. So that's something that I'm still learning and still working on. Like I still can't force myself to go above three. Um, but that's something I'm working on with my business coach and um so yeah, but um, when the store closed, we all went in there and we we gave it, I think like pretty much everyone gave it like a week or so. And then we were like, okay, we're really not going to reopen for like a month. Like we didn't, I mean, no one knew. We didn't even know we would still be in it to this point. We thought it would be over, but right. so I went in and I took every single piece of inventory that I had at the store out because what I, I was like, what, am, what is it doing here? There's no point in it sitting in Charlotte Collective when we can't be open. 
So I took everything out and like day by day, I started doing pictures and just putting every single piece of inventory I had up on my website. Wow. Yeah. It was a lot. (laughs) What else am I doing? Like I, all my pop-ups were canceled. I'm like, what else did I have going on? Like that was needed to be my focus. So it was, that's what I did. Um, And then when the store could reopen, I started just like seeing, you know, okay, what stuff can I bring back? What stuff needs to like be in a flash sale? Like, does this, you know, you just kind of start going through it again. And I'm so thankful that the store can be open because if I didn't have that, I would just be like so lost. (laughs) At least I can go in there and I can like do my merchandising and have it all pretty and work the store and meet customers. So it's, yeah, I'm really thankful at least the store is open if we can't have pop-ups right now. So, yeah, I feel like you guys or well, you had to like really push like I feel like you were doing flash sales a lot and oh, oh you my were marketing yeah. a lot on your page um I mean I think you were constantly just trying to move inventory at that point yeah because I it was hard it's hard because you want to sell things like at full price you want to make because that's the point we're in business you you're making a living like you're earning your business is growing you're earning profit so that you can turn around and make a living like we all have to make money it's the root of everything unfortunately necessary evils right um, but yeah at that point just having that much inventory I just went through and I was like you know what I'm just gonna flash sale this and it was almost like flash sale Fridays like I was think I was doing them like every other week like it was a lot Um, but I had to, because I had no other way. I mean, people were out of work, like it was just interesting, but you basically just like pivot. You had to pivot. Yeah. The couch from friends pivot. Yes. (laughs) Seriously. That's something we talked about a lot with Jess, um, with Shimmer Down, just talking about pivoting because it's a service based, you know, her, you know, she drives off of events and pivoting is sometimes hard too when you're when it's so unexpected um but during that time of trying to navigate this really unprecedented uh kind of lockdown what was like the biggest lesson learned you think it just like motivated me more than ever to grow my online business because people still had who were still working, who were working from home. They were still shopping from home, like a little bit of retail therapy, you know, and like I just needed to like be prepared because I feel like, well, and one, just like one, save money Two, just like be prepared for anything because you never know what could happen. Um, but yeah, just having online where you don't have to be present was really important. So that made me like realize, okay, I need to hire someone to help me figure out like, what do I need to do to get the traffic to my website? You know, like, what am I doing wrong to like, you know, I mean, the online you're competing with the world. You know, right. it's like a lot. So it's a big place. It's a big place. So, so yeah, just kind of like expect the unexpected always, I guess you could say. So I'm still learning. I'm just going with the flow and that's kind of all you can do, but just be 
like mindful that anything could happen at any point and you just have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Now I do want to go back and talk a little bit about your time in Charlotte collective. Um, I obviously love the story of Charlotte collective love. Um, just like how Amy's been able to bring so many of you entrepreneurs in so that you guys have a piece of brick and mortar, especially for those that, like you mentioned, you don't want a full boutique. You learned that very early that that Mm -hmm. wasn't for you, but this is kind of like your own little piece of, um, it is having a store without having a store. It's amazing. So I have been at Shroud Collective since the beginning, since it was like an actual like group pop-up on Rampart Street. Um, I know Amy um, touched on that and kind of explained how Charlotte Collective got started a little bit. Um, The owners of Hope Co. like had like one month left in that space. So they offered it to Amy. The space was huge. So Amy reached out and was like, asked Allie from Leaning and Pop, like, do you want to do this with me? And Allie was like, yeah, but I think even with just us two, we need more space. So Allie was like, we should ask other people. And Amy was like, definitely. So it's funny because like me and Allie are so similar, um, but so different too at the same time. But it's awesome. I saw that she was doing that and we weren't even like, I don't even think we were friends yet. Um, But I was like, hey, what is this? And I basically invited myself. I was like, can I do it? (laughs) What is this? This sounds so cool. Um, And I was like, happy to work the store because like I do this full time so I can be there. You know, Amy is a lawyer. So like she like she can work remotely. So sometimes, which is really cool, and especially during the pandemic, she can. But like and, you know, Allie has Madeline, her daughter, and it's just like, you know, I was like, I'm so down. Like, let's do this. It was so fun. And then like all of us together, we took like. Um, we were like, we want to keep this going, not just in May, like it was May of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, so really we were actually gearing up to have like a really fun, like anniversary party in May, but we were closed. So, or we (sighs) couldn't, we couldn't even do it. We, it was actually going to be, I think we were going to do it like, so we've been in Plaza a year in, in July, a year this month, actually, or no, just this past month. It's That's been crazy. A year in Plaza Midwood. It is crazy. It's so crazy. Um, so we took 2019, we took June off to find a space. And then we found this location and we've been there ever since in Plaza. Tuft, um, super sweet girl. She just like wanted to focus on being a mom. So she closed Tuft and we just like happened to like, it just worked out. So we've been in there ever since and we love our little home in Plaza. It's awesome. What's been the um, kind of biggest adjustment or even learning lesson here for for having to move into brick and mortar, do inventory there? Like it's a, it really is a whole different ballgame for an entrepreneur. What has been your uh, biggest adjustment and then even one of your your favorite successes from it? Um, so my favorite success was definitely grand opening day at the Plaza location. We were, well, let me back up to when we first started in May. Like we really pushed it. We like came up with a name and a logo. Like we, like after we decided that we were going to continue to do it, but we were just like all hanging out in this like store that had, you know, 
it was just so spaced out. I'm sure someone has a picture of like what we started as, but um, just the fact that we've kept it going since then has been awesome. And I really do love that. Like there, when you like have a space there, you're paying rent, but you're not like, you're just like, you're paying rent to like be a part of the story. You're taking your, it's like a little piece that you can have and take ownership of. Cause you're working the store certain hours a month. Like you have your whole little section, like you can like make it yours. You know, it's like really cool. Um, sorry. I feel like I got off topic, but you said what's my favorite success <laughs> um, was grand opening in July in Plaza Midwood. Um, Lauren with when feminist goods co love you, Lauren. Um, I just actually had my modern day goddess hoodie on sweatshirt on you were talking about that with her when you interviewed her and I was like that's my favorite hoodie or sweatshirt ever I love it I I am obsessed with that I have the phrasing the black crop it's ridiculous I'm like please stop I can't (laughs) anyways um so she knew um the matchmaker so we had her at our grand opening and without her honestly I know like our success is hugely owed to her because we had a line wrapped around the building before we even opened so that yeah. they could get the matchmaker. You guys were so busy. I ended up just coming back the next day. Right. Because <laughs> it was impossible. Like the line was like wrapped around the store. So even though we like they were there for the matchmaker, like people still loved our stuff. They loved the idea of it. They loved that it was like all local brands and like people shopped and like we had like like that was my best like single sales day ever. So that was like the greatest success from it um for sure and then I think I don't really know like I don't there wasn't any like kind of failure just except not failure I don't know or adjustment adjustment just having to close I guess but luckily Amy is so smart like she like saved some of our rent money like we have she we have like a good cushion so we didn't she didn't like we didn't have to pay for the months that we weren't there because we had a good cushion So like when people were like, ask if we can, you know, you know, other people were like, ask if you can have help with your rent from your landlord. Like Amy's so smart. We didn't even have to mess with that, but just having to close and move out and like realizing like, wow, like what if we don't get to come back was really scary. Honestly, I think that's actually a lesson in itself. And the lesson is that when you decide to go into business, especially something that is brick and mortar and you're going into it with other people, it is so important that you trust those people that you're going into business with. And, and that's a great example, right? Like that's a great example of how, um, you know, Amy planned well enough to ensure that you guys were covered. Like, unfortunately, and it really, it's not just Charlotte, we're seeing businesses close all over the place and restaurants and, you know, it's so extremely sad. And, you know, financially, just the burden is too much to bear. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really scary. And so I think that in and of itself is a really great lesson to just really have um, a great relationship and a trusting relationship with those that you go into business with, you know? Yep. It's so important. It's so important. And it's so underrated. Like you can think, you know, you guys are a good fit, but it's, it's just so much more than that. It's, you have to have someone that's really business minded and trusting and 
Exactly. Um, yeah. That's a really good lesson in general. Um, I do have a question for you though. Yes. We keep, well, I, all of these have been questions for you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, um, you, you continue to talk through how this is your life 24 seven, you eat, breathe, sleep it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what you do. This is your career. How do you balance your business and your personal life? What does that look like? So I recently, so I will say that with COVID, like I had darker days. I had like depressed days where I would literally sleep into like 930 and I'd be like well why do I need to wake up like literally not like to the point of like really scary thoughts but I was just like why do I need to wake up early there's no freaking point in me waking up early um but I was like you know what no like if I want to grow this business I have to stay on top of my game all the time Mm -hmm. what is going on and I am determined to be successful because you know I want this to grow and I want it to like be something that like hopefully my future kids one day can have, like, I just picture like having a daughter and like, then if she wants to, she could take it over. If not totally fine. But like, you know, I just love having something that's mine, something that I could pass on. Um, But separating it. So like, I just started like, honestly, this is super fresh. Like all last week, I was like, I'm going to actually went up to New England to visit my family And I, um, we were in Rhode Island. My cousins live up there and so does my aunt and my cousin, Amy, I stayed with her and she has a dog stayed and we would like get up and take Sage on walks. And that was Amy's routine. Like she would want, that's like, she had to do that for Sage and she wanted to do it for herself. So I kind of started like on vacation, actually doing it with her. And like, I would be like, you know what? Waking up early isn't bad when you just like the waking up part is hard, but like, once you're up, you're up and it's fine. And I loved like feeling accomplished, like first thing in the morning. So my cousin really helped me get into that routine. And I had, you know, talked about that with my business mentor was like, you have to create routines for yourself because it's easy to like get out of whack with it. So I have like personal time, like in the morning, I, um, I try to wake up at like seven 30, especially in the heat right now. Like, so I will bring my three Huskies actually live across the street from my mom, which I'm super thankful for because she's one of my best friends. Um, but she has a a one-year-old dog named Haven. He's a German short haired pointer and they love to, he loves to play with my Huskies. So for them to get their exercise, we'll either walk them around or like around the neighborhood or I'll bring them Mm -hmm. over to play. And that's kind of like, how I start my day. And then I come home and I do my workout routine. Um, during the summer, if I have to like leave, like I'm not going to shower because I will sweat as soon as I walk out the door. So I'm like, unless I'm like going somewhere where I need to be like presentable, but if I have to like drop stuff off at the post office or run to the grocery store, I'm just going to wait to shower until I get home. But this is kind of like daily routine, wake up, make the bed, bring the dogs, having that routine and like doing those personal things in the morning and like already feeling accomplished, like really helps me. And then after I shower, I like started like working from home. You can work in your PJs, but I will definitely say like when you put on something cute, you can still be comfortable, but like still put in the effort, especially for me because I love fashion, like in style, like just get ready. 
just yeah. get ready like you don't even have to like put on makeup because I like don't really like to wear makeup but just like feel like feel good and what you have on and then that way I really genuinely think that helps you be helps you be more productive so that's kind of like and then at night whenever I could honestly keep going but Zach helps me with that I love to cook so if I'm like cooking dinner then I'll just like that'll be kind of like my stopping point so I'll go cook dinner and then Zach and I will like hang out together and like watch a show right now we're watching the blacklist which is so good so I definitely try to um make time for that like those things in the morning and then in the evening so I just but I do spend like a good amount of time like there'll be certain nights where I could work till like midnight like tagging jewelry or whatever but I think it's really important so you don't get burnt out and I also have an office in my house so that's like where I work um that's smart having a separate space so that you can leave it at the end of the day yeah it really is um and even during quarantine like Zach would be working from home so I'd be like oh I'll just come out here and work with you and it just like which is fine but like he needed his quiet time to get his stuff done and like so I would just come in my office I'm like okay no you have an office use it it's like your creative space it's like filled with like all your favorite things there's like art on the walls and it's like very you're inspired my inspired space so it's like no you you're gonna perform best in there so just go in there and then when you're done you shut off the lights and you leave so as an entrepreneur in a relationship and I'm actually not sure what Zach does I don't know if it's like a creative job but no he works at Bank of America (laughs) okay so he's okay corporate America so when you have a partner that's not in a creative field and that's literally 100% what you do, right? You are constantly getting inspired and motivated um, and curating a lot of these collections. Um, How have, like, how do you guys both unwind from very different careers, right? Because in corporate America, it's something that he might do, you know, can be, maybe something else could be really taxing in his opinion, but I'm sure you're mentally taxed in your own certain way. I mean, how do you guys kind of shut off? How do you guys blow off steam and, and, you know, yeah, come, come down together. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely like watching our shows, we always like have a show so that's something like we can bond over together, which is so fun. Um, we love like hanging out with our friends on the weekends. Like it was just um, our friend Diana's birthday. So we threw her a surprise birthday this weekend. Um, so that was really fun. Um, we love food. So we like now, you know, during pandemic, we haven't been going out to eat as much, but normally we'll like go on date nights and stuff like that. Um, but Zach is so supportive. Um so supportive in what I do like he's like oh that's so dope babe like I love that new piece like he has a very good um style sense as well like I love the way he dresses and he cares about what he looks like as far as like you know what he's wearing and everything so we definitely are similar when it comes to that um so it's not like he doesn't understand my world at all because he's very much so into like style and fashion and like he wears like men's jewelry and like so he totally gets it um and appreciates what I do um which is so great because I feel like sometimes when you do something so different your significant other could be like that's not important you know what I mean or like it's not you know so I think it's really important that you know while being an entrepreneur and I will say 100% if I didn't have Zach during this like pandemic um 
it would have been like way more scary because I was able to lean on him a little bit more than normally, um, more than I normally would just because of everything that was going on, like no pop-ups and everything. So it was definitely harder, but I'm so thankful for him and our relationship and we love our dogs so much. They bring us so much joy. Um, they're really like our fur babies. So just having your routines and, you know, separating work from home is even when you work from home, especially now with everyone working from home, Mm -hmm. it can get like, it can get to be a lot like at first, very overwhelming. Yeah. Like in April, like it was kind of to the point where we were like, I was like, okay, nothing feels special because we can't go on dates. Like, and I just explained that to him and he like bought me my favorite flower, which is an orchid. Um, which is awesome because it's a, so it's a plant. So it like has lasted, like I still have it and he got it for me in April. So mm-hmm. it's awesome. And just like, you know, communication is key, but it's like so nice to have like a significant other that supports what you do as an entrepreneur. It's super important because you're going to spend a lot of time doing that. He's come to pop-ups. He's helped me set up. He's helped me break down. Um, he like stayed with me one time when I did the girl tribe in Raleigh um so he's yeah. in it oh yeah he's, he's, yeah. he's deep he's, when you need him <laughs> yep he'll like watch my booth for me if like I'm working it by myself and I'm like you can sell jewelry you're so gorgeous you can girls will buy jewelry from you all day long <laughs> <laughs> my so, secret weapon <laughs> right right so I'm super thankful for him and having him be my my rock so it seems like you have a really strong support system at home and obviously for having your mom too I I know you mentioned your mom is also an entrepreneur which is an incredible um like you must have had an incredible upbringing honestly Uh (laughs) you know what's funny I will say this like I pushed my mom to be an entrepreneur I pushed her to do her own thing she is so incredibly talented she's a florist like an award-winning floral designer here in Charlotte. She worked for Elizabeth House Flowers for over 25 years. Um, She does like amazing, like the things. I wish I was like half as creative as my mom. Like I definitely get my creativity and my sense of style from her, but like her creativity is like beyond anything I've ever, it's just crazy. Like when you look at her, like her work, you're just like, wow. Like, so I'm so thankful that like, I got like some of her creativity, but I had to like push her. And I think it's like, I don't know if it's like generational or like, you know, cause like we're the movement of like, I know like women's rights was like way back in the day, but like we like being a woman owned business, we're like all about it right now. You know, it's like the strength is there, the community's there. And I was like, mom, like you can do your own thing. Like you have to, you could like, instead of getting hourly when she was doing like all these beautiful big things, it's like, I'm, oh, I'm just like that. I'm like, why work? For, why bust your ass? Why? It's like, well, there's this quote and it's like, why slave for someone from nine to five when you can like hustle 24 seven, like for yourself. And it's so different, mm. but you have to have that. Like you have to have that drive. Not It's a big leap. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's a big leap. You have to have the drive and It also, I mean, I I even mentioned it earlier, and I think I've spoken to a couple of people about it. It's like the fear of rejection. Oh, for sure. Right? It's building, you're about to build like an empire for yourself that can either really succeed or or fail. And that's a really scary thought. 
and then it's not taking it personal, but like it is personal. I think Laura yes. was talking about this from Feminist Goods because it's like, no, it is personal because I am my business. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's just shaking it off. And like, and I tell her that too. And especially with being creative and like what we do, like most of the time, like, but it's never going to be a hundred percent of the time that your clients are going to absolutely love what they do for her. It's like 99% of the time, but there's always going to be that one where like, it's a creative mindset. So like someone might not see something the same way as you. And that's like just guaranteed yes. in anything. So it yeah, is that's awesome. the real reality of it. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, I used to live with my mom until I moved in with Zach. I actually lived in the house across the street from where we are now. My mom built that one. And then Zach and I built in this neighborhood as well. But even before that, like, in our old house. And then we actually had to move in an apartment time being, which that was us being so close in that neighborhood with my two dogs. It was, it was, came close, came close (laughs) to breaking it out. (laughs) It was a tough one. Yes. It was just so crammed, but we only had to do it for like six months. So we were like, we got this, we can do this. But like I was working from home. She was working from the apartment. So we had like, I mean, no separation. So It was a yep. lot. Yeah. But we can be hard it, it through, but it was just awesome. Like being like, I'm so like, my mom's such a role model for me. She's my best friend. Like I just love who she is. I love her sense of style. I definitely got that from her. And like my grandmother, like was always into style, into jewelry. That's how I learned it from her. It's just definitely in my family. And then with my aunt making jewelry too, it's just like definitely surrounded by like a creative upbringing my grandmother also used to paint and just anything like that she she was a true artist my grandmother was for sure and my mom's a true floral designer like artist in that sense too so really it was like no wonder I took to it was really inspiring yeah right yeah definitely it was like in your blood almost do you feel yeah definitely being able to see your mom open the business and then you kind of being able to have your own experiences in retail and uh, kind of learning along the way. What's something when you started this, um, you know, journey to entrepreneurship and opening up your own business and building your brand that no one told you that you wish you knew? So like for people that maybe have you know, have some experience or they're seeing others or families or, and friends opening up a business? What's something that they're probably not being told right now and that you weren't told that they should know? Well, I don't want to say I wasn't told this, but I actually learned it in a different way, but I would definitely apply it to being an entrepreneur. So when I was out in LA, um, taking a scene class, I knew I didn't really want to be an actress, but like, I was like being told that that was like the right path for me. I was 19. I was young. So like kind of being like, this is like what you should be doing. You're going to be so successful, like blah, 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 but really not being passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, my scene partner told me, cause if you go to LA, your dentist, your server, your hairdresser, they're all trying to be an actor. Your freaking doctor is trying to be an actor when you live out in LA. Like that's just what I experienced when I was out there. So my partner was like, if you can be happy doing anything else, do that. Because this takes everything you got. And I was like, no, I could do so many other things and be happy. I don't want to do this. So I would definitely say the same thing for being an entrepreneur. If you can do anything else and be happy, I would do that. But if you can't be happy, 
be an entrepreneur, do something that you're passionate about because it's so rewarding, but you have to love what you do or you, it won't work because of the dedication you have to put into it. Yeah. Like, it's so much time and energy and, you know, wanting to be successful and making it work that if you can do something else and be just as happy, then do that. So that's kind of like, I didn't, no one told me that becoming an entrepreneur, but he told me that when I was like acting and I was like, ew, no, I can do like many other things. I don't want to do this. Totally applicable. Totally yeah. applicable. And it is yeah. true. It's a, it's a great lesson for entrepreneurs, especially if you, you know, if you're not happy, you shouldn't be doing it. That's, it's no, not going because, to get you anywhere. No, but I will say 100%, if you're not happy in what you do, make a change. Cause I can't stand when someone like is like, I'm not happy. I'm not happy. And they, all they do is complain and then they don't do anything about it. You're just wasting your life. So take action, take action and make the, make the changes so you can be happy because we only have one life to live. And if you don't want to, you don't want to waste it. You don't want to be in your forties, like looking back or your fifties and be like, wow, I was, I wasted so much of my time being miserable. So it's a fair, it's a fair lesson. I think a lot of people think like that. All right. I have a couple more questions before um, I'm going to have you plug things. Um, But my next question, one of my last questions is we've talked a lot about obviously your personal life. And that's, that's a lot of the reason why I even have you on so that people can know the woman (laughs) behind the business. And um, we've talked about some successes and learning lessons and adjustments, um, all of the good stuff. Right. Um, But I'm always curious to know, you know, what you have learned the most about yourself um, being an entrepreneur? I will say, again, it kind of relates back to my word being unapologetically me. It's like very easy to compare yourself to other people's businesses. Why like, and you can't, but that's a lesson that I've definitely had to learn is like, you want to be in a certain place and you want to grow and you want to like just be there already but you know it's about the journey getting there um but you just can't compare yourself to others because you're doing your own thing it's kind of like just stay in your lane ride it out like you're on your own path and you're gonna like get to where you need to be because you're gonna work that hard for it and that's what I always tell myself but it's like very easy to compare yourself. And I feel like some of my friends who are like, well, you're, you do blogging. Like, don't you, like, I feel like for bloggers or influencers, it's like, am I posting the right thing? Not that I'm an influencer, but it's like, like my brand is out there on social media, obviously. So it's like, is this good enough? Do people want to see this? Like, Mm -hmm. is this content relatable? And it's just, it can be like exhausting comparing it to others, but it's like, you just can't do that only compare it to yourself and grow from where you were to where you want to be. Yes. Compare yourself to yourself. I fully agree with that. I, and it's so hard to do that in, in the society that we live in, but yes, I love that. Um, you know, you pick a date and it doesn't even need to be at the very beginning of the year. You pick a date and a year from now, that's what you should be comparing yourself to and, you know, patting yourself on the back for. Yeah, because you you don't know someone else's life. You only know yours. So 
grow from where you are. And just as long as you keep growing, there's nothing you can say bad about yourself because you're constantly like personally and for your business. Right. Like, you can't just sit there and cry about something and be like, oh, I wish it was like this. Well, no, go work for it. You know, like, and you'll, you know, it's just don't compare yourself to others. Just grow from yourself. And like, I don't know, that's the best advice I can give, I guess, because it's so easy to do. It is. I mean, I think you're a great example of that, too. It's like, if you really have never talked to you, like, I, I didn't even know how extensive your retail background is, but it makes so much sense to when um, customers meet you face to face at like pop ups and in the store, like the experience that you bring and even the way that you organize like your mer- how you merchandise in in Charlotte Collective and how you see yeah. Hello. However, it's interesting seeing how you you design your merchandise and how you curate your collection because of the eye that you have from your experience and that's not something that everybody has. Like right. that's a perfect example of, you know, you can't just walk in and be like, oh my gosh, she's so good at this, like, and not know your background too. Cause although you've worked hard the last couple of years to really, um, you know, champion the style that you like of your business, you also had experience before that in retail that helped, you know, you elevate those skills even more. Oh, it definitely, it definitely helped me like get to where I am and understand trends and styles. And it's, you know, I didn't go to college. I was going to go and then I switched paths and I ended up not going, but I will say that the experience I had, there's certain things. No. Can you become a doctor without going to school? No, it's not like, Oh, let me just go practice. Like, no, that's terrifying but like retail (laughs) it's so much better to have hands-on experience and just be thrown into the real world um when it comes to that because there's nothing sitting in a classroom that can teach you about you know I do I don't have regrets about not going but I did like miss out on the other opportunities that college offers I feel like so I guess my advice would be like go if you want to go but you don't have to go because you can be successful without it don't feel like you have to fit in this box. Right. Of like, oh, get good grades in high school so you can get into a good college and then you'll get it. Because honestly, a lot of people now, they'll tell you like um, your college degree, like these days, if you don't have like a master's, it's just, I wish it was worth more, but it's, it's not. It's like, like what Gary V. I I mean, Gary V. is like the epitome of it. It's like, if you're passionate about something and you're already an entrepreneur and you have an ideal and college isn't going to help you build that idea, why go? Right, right. right. But Just, I will say there's certain experiences that like you didn't get to go, you, you don't experience if you don't go. So it yes. just depends on what you want, but don't feel like you have to like follow the certain path because everyone else is like. Agreed. Yeah. So. All right. One last question <laughs> that I have for you um, yes. before I, I have you plug your information, but I always like throwing this one in once in a while, but what is like one fun fact that no one would know looking on like your social media or just like meeting you at a pop-up? Like what's one fun fact about you that no one would know? I did competitive hip hop for like six years. Um, I love to dance. So 
what? Yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. think I would have ever guessed that, but I can see it if that makes sense. Like oh I would God. have never known that, but I can I absolutely I'm, see it. <laughs> I might have posted like one video and I haven't done it in years, but like I'll just like, you know, like randomly bust out certain dance moves. But like it was such a big part of my life for a, a long time. Um yeah, so that was fun. <laughs> um I don't think anyone I was gonna say but that has to do with like modeling and acting. Like I was in the, uh, I was so excited that your dog. So my dog is looking at. I know. Phone. I'm so sorry. No, girl, I don't care. I just love it. Cause my dog is like, what is that? And he's like doing the head tilt. What is that noise? Um, yeah. <laughs> hey, dog life, dog life. Must love dogs is what I always say. If you don't get out and don't listen to our podcast. <laughs> oh my god I'm just kidding. completely but, unedited I mean at this point yeah. you know you get what you get <laughs> you get what you get okay so um but the movie where the Millers actually was in the hot tub scene with um oh my gosh I always forget his name because I just want to call him Andy from the office so I don't know if you've ever seen where the Millers but what now yeah, I'm gonna have so, to rewatch it <laughs> so okay but here's the thing I'm only in the outtakes because I was so excited. My mom and I went to the movie theater. Like, okay, I'm about to see myself on the big screen for the first time. It's going to be kind of crazy. Um, but they panned in so close to his face that you can only see my elbow. And I'm like, well, there's my elbow. Okay. <laughs> but if you watch the outtakes, like the bloopers and stuff, like on the DVD or whatever, you can you can see me in there. So that's kind of a funny fact, too. Duly noted. Now I have to yep. go and find them on YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> That is awesome. That's me. (laughs) All right. Well, I do want to give you a minute to plug where all of our listeners can find you. Um, Yes. Um, So Instagram at Shawnee Amara, S-H-A-N-I-A-M-A-R-A, because it's hard to spell, pronounce. I don't know. Um, And then my website is just the same, ShawneeAmara.com. I'm on Facebook and I'm on Pinterest as well. Um, I actually just recently started a fun shopping group on Facebook that's exclusive to my members only. So I just did this big sale that was for my members only. So if you want to get in on good deals and exclusives and see all my new merchandise first, you're going to want to be in on that group. Um, So you can go to my Facebook page, which is just facebook.com slash Shawnee Amara. And then under groups, you can request to be in the group. And yeah, so that's my new thing that I'm excited about. It's really cool. Um, But yeah. Where can they find you in person? Oh, right. Duh. Sorry. My favorite. You can find me at Charlotte Collective, which is in Plaza Midwood um, with some other amazing local brands. And some of my pieces are in the Ivy's Hotel. And if you're ever up in that area, like Sophia's Lounge, um you'll find a couple pieces there and oh my god I forgot to even ask about that I'm so sorry yeah no you're fine it kind of slowed down a little bit just because of the pandemic but I do have like some wholesale accounts if you like go to Scott and Molly's in South Park you'll see some of my jewelry in there um so yeah but mostly in person like you can view like the majority of my pieces are definitely going to be at Charlotte Collective I have like a huge space in there 
So, okay, I am going to cheat and then just ask you one more question before you our, can ask our end me question. whatever. Because yes. now I'm curious. Do you have yes. any um do you have any advice for entrepreneurs that are looking into getting um wholesale accounts or realtor? Um, excuse me, real real wow, real <laughs> retail space. Retail real can't, estate. Can't, I was gonna say yeah. <laughs> I'm like, can't talk. Maybe we should end this. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have any advice for entrepreneurs that are looking into either pitching themselves for wholesale accounts or for retail space? I would say it's a great place to start when you're growing your brand. I like monkeys was the first place I ever sold my jewelry because I was the manager there. So Terry was so sweet and she was like, yeah, put a couple of your pieces in there and then she'll like pay me from whatever sells. So it's not, I would definitely recommend doing technically it's consignment, but not really. I know a lot of people think of like a 40, 60% thing when they think of consignment, but really you can just do wholesale prices, which ends up being close to that, but it's more of a fair, fair trade kind of thing. But that way, like the re if you're new, that way the retailer doesn't have to commit to a new brand they don't have to pay you up front if something doesn't sell but they can try it out in their store and then they pay you for what sells so that's kind of how I started out in stores and then eventually like when I built up my brand and you know had once you like build yourself and you can prove your worth essentially and be like no my stuff does sell and like it would be a good fit for your store then that's where you can offer like wholesale pricing and they'll buy it outright and then they own it and then they sell it from there. So advice is like, it is a good place to start for like, if you're just getting started because it builds brand awareness. Um, I would say just make sure you're like professional and on brand and passionate about what you're speaking about. Because if you don't love what you do, if you don't like, if you're not passionate behind it, then they, you need to sell it to the other person. So they know that their customer is going to buy it. So, okay. I yeah. like it. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> Hope it. I answered that. <laughs> I know I'm breaking format here. It's okay. I think that was really, no, that was a really good answer. And I, it also gave an, you don't have to go fully in with like this idea of wholesale sale pricing, which I think is important, right? There's a different way to do everything in this, in this world right. of entrepreneurship. So yeah, you're not you stuck in this box. It. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Now I'm actually going to ask you my last question. Are you <laughs> um, sure? No. I promise this time around. Uh, <laughs> um, you may know this from listening, but I always do like to end my podcast with the question, what does being an entrepreneur or entrepreneurship mean to you? I've been so ready for this question because yes. I stalk your podcast. So being, and I think someone else said this, I think maybe Jess from um, Public Interest said this, but it's freedom. And literally being an entrepreneur is everything to me. I am building something that's my own that one day I can pass on to future generations. I am so proud of what I do. I work really hard and know that I have like built something. Um, and it's hard work. And it's dedication, but it's passion too. And it's, but it's definitely freedom. Like I never have to say like, oh, I can't go on this trip because I can't get the time off. Oh, let me ask my boss real quick. Oh, wait, it's me. 
like, you know, so it truly is freedom, like building your own schedule. As long as you're, I mean, you have to make money. That's how we live and survive. But like, when you're to a point where like, you have that freedom, that's what it's all like. You're building a life for yourself that is giving you the freedom that you want. So you're putting in the work and you're like going reaping the benefits. Yes. But then you get to reap the benefits of like, but yeah, when it comes around, it's like, oh yeah, I have to do my own taxes. Like there's like things that you don't want to do. But then when you get to be like, oh, my friends are going to the lake for a long weekend. Cool. I don't even have to ask. I'm there. So it's freedom for sure. And it's building something for future generations. Definitely. So Well, Shawnee, I am so honored that you even listened to the podcast. Thank you for coming on the podcast. (laughs) Thank you for your support. I so, so appreciate it. Um, You know, that is one thing I will say really fast, just to add for all the listeners, like we have a badass group of women in Charlotte that I feel like is so open and welcoming, whether it's like the blogger community, the small business community, like just everyone is like really welcoming. And I'm like thankful that I know you from Amy. You know what I mean? Like, it's just such an open like world that I'm glad we have. So I appreciate you having me on here and I love what you're doing. And yeah, thank you so much. (laughs) I 100% agree with that. I really do appreciate it. And I am very lucky. Um, to have been able to kind of meet you and just, you're right. I mean, the community is, is an amazing one and it honestly surprises me every single day and every yes that I get from, from someone to be on the podcast, like literally makes my day. So I just uh, want to know like oh. who would say no, like, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> no, no comment. <laughs> I'm like, who do I got to beat up, girl? You know, (laughs) I know I so appreciate it. I mean, I am very much so in the early stages of this. So like it genuinely means so much even to hear your your journey and every entrepreneur's journey, because I think it's just so important. Everybody has a different story. And that is the purpose of this podcast to kind of highlight the people behind that business. So I, Um, you're doing a great job. So keep it up and we appreciate you highlighting all of us. So, well, thank you. I'm so grateful. All right. Do you have anything, um, that you would like to leave our listeners with before I let you go? Mm, I think I talked enough. I think I said it all. (laughs) (laughs) You've said your piece. Yes, I said it all, but thank you so much for everyone who's listening. So. Of course. All right, guys. So I'll make sure to uh, put all of the information on where you can shop her amazing curated collections. She has one coming up, she said, on Friday um, of August 7th. So look out for that. Um, And again, thank you so much for coming on today. Of course. Thank you for having me. (laughs) Thanks for your time, lady. Have a good one. All right. You too. Bye, girl. Bye. All right, you guys, as always, I will link all of the places that you can shop Shani Amara. 
I am so grateful that she came on today, and I am so grateful that you're here listening to this episode. If you have liked this episode, please make sure that you review and subscribe to it on whatever platform you are listening to, and go and follow us on Instagram at E is for Entrepreneur, and give this uh, latest post a like. You guys, thank you again for listening in, and I'll see you next time. Bye.